0: It. There's not one of those guides. It's like English on one side and you flip it over and there's Spanish. There's nothing there to tell you what to do in a lot of situations that you find yourself um, in as a parent. And really to be a flawless parent, you have to be a world-class problem solver. You have to be a ninja multitasker. You have to be willing to sacrifice everything your entire life. You have to be on your game every minute of every day and night. Um, And nobody's that good. Like nobody can be that good. And so if we're really honest with ourselves, moms, dads, parents, we're going to make mistakes. And uh, we don't like to admit that sometimes, but you know, I went round and round and round with this sermon. Mother's Day is a very emotionally charged day for a lot of different reasons. And um, having grown up in this church and parented my kids in this church, that makes my kids and I pretty vulnerable to anything I could say today. And so I just went round and round and round thinking, what can I say to these people, Um And I just thought, you know what? I'm just gonna be honest. And here's why because I really feel like that not being honest, not being genuine about who we are, um, even in our failures, is a long standing problem in the church, in any church. And it's not helpful, it's not helpful to anybody. And so I just feel like um, if we can just, you know, we can laugh, we can talk about our failures, we can learn from one another, um, I think we'll be better people for it. If we've been a parent, if you've been a parent, for any longer than I'm going to stay like a month, and that's probably being generous, you've made a mistake, (laughs) right? I mean, it didn't take me long to make mistakes, Um, And I was trying to think about some of my biggest mistakes as a parent, and these three are, you know, they would probably land in my top ten of big mistakes. I forgot Tanner's preschool graduation. Like, there's no other mother, I don't think, in the United States who forgot their kid's preschool graduation, but I forgot, And Jay was working a different shift, and so he took Tanner to preschool that day. That was back in the day when they still did their little graduation on the last day of preschool, not in the evening. And Jay calls me, I'm at school, and he called and said, I just took Tanner to school, and all the other kids are in dresses and suits. Is there something going on today? Tanner only would wear jeans, flannel shirts, and work boots. And so he looks crazy out of place and immediately i'm like oh my gosh it's graduation day i forgot so i'm i can't remember exactly and i didn't ask jay i think i sent him to walmart to get tanner one of those very refined suits in a bag (laughs) and throw that thing on him so he could participate in his graduation so i forgot my own kids preschool graduation that should make a lot of you feel better um, I also one time, not just a few years ago, got so angry with Tanner. Do you see a theme? <laughs> um, I got so angry with Tanner uh, that he and I were having a very loud discussion. Loud. We were screaming at each other. And um, Seth was in the car, and, and Seth and I needed to get to school. So I jumped in the car, and we drove off. And I had, when I got in the car and shut the door, I called Tanner a not very nice name. I never told you that, I'm sorry. Um, and Seth is just sitting there like, oh my gosh, he's not saying a word. And we get like halfway to school and he said, wow, I didn't know Christian said that word. So. Seth and I had to have a talk. I had to pray and ask for forgiveness. Listen, it happens. Um, There is nobody on this earth who can push my buttons like Tanner can. (laughs) Nobody. And I'm not proud of that moment. I don't say that to be proud of it. I'm just telling you that as a parent, sometimes you may lose your cool. It happens, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not. Things happen like that. And then lastly, I remember one time uh, Seth and Megan were probably about 11 and 8. And I remember that we were all home for the day, and I was so tired. I just wanted to take a nap. So I thought, well, I'll get them a movie. I'll put a movie in. They can watch the movie, and I'll sleep. So I got this nice little movie called The Boy in Striped Pajamas. And I put it in for them. And and Seth still is scarred from this. Like He's probably going to have to sleep with Jay and I tonight because this is going to bring back all those memories. I put the movie in for them. I went and laid down and took a nap. I got up. I come back out to check on them, and they are both sobbing, sobbing. And I'm like, what is wrong? What happened? Yeah, the movie is about a little boy who wears a prison outfit in a Nazi uh, prison camp. And another boy feeds him through the fence, but the little boy in striped pajamas didn't make it. I let my kids watch a movie like that. I had no idea that's what the movie was. I just saw that it was rated okay for kids, and I put it in. I mean, what kind of mom does that? They're still scarred from that. So listen, we all make mistakes as parents. We all do it. And I've learned that one way you can make yourself feel better almost about anything is to go to the Bible and find somebody who made a mistake too. And let me tell you, I found a good one. So we're going to look at uh, Luke 2, Luke chapter 2, and I'm reading this out of the message. I like that paraphrase the best for this purpose. Um, Luke 2, and we're going to start with chapter 40 or verse 41, verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up as they always did for the feast. And when it was over and they left for home, the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. There it is. They left their kid, the Son of God, in Jerusalem. "'Thinking he was somewhere in the company of pilgrims, "'they journeyed for a whole day "'and then began looking for him "'among relatives and neighbors. "'When they didn't find him, "'they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. "'The next day they found him in the temple, "'seated among the teachers, "'listening to them and asking questions. "'The teachers were all quite taken with him, "'impressed with the sharpness of his answers, "'but his parents were not impressed.'" They were upset and hurt. His mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. He said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? But they had no idea what he was talking about. So he went back to Nazareth with them and lived obediently with them. His mother held these things dearly deep within herself, and Jesus matured, growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. So every year, families would make their way to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And from Nazareth to Jerusalem, this was a five-day walk, like a five-day, you got to walk a day, camp at night, get up and walk again, five days. Jesus was 12 years old when he went to Passover during the time of this story. And most people think that this was probably the first time that he got to make that journey because it was in the Jewish tradition when boys turned 12 that they were kind of considered to be a man or old enough to take on The Jewish religion and all of its teachings and, you know, go to school and and learn Hebrew and learn all of everything that was supposed to be, that kind of was encompassed within that Jewish tradition. And so this most likely would have been the first time that Jesus went with his family to Passover. So they make the trip there, they spend the week celebrating, and they get ready to head home. And so um, I didn't realize this until I started studying this, but Apparently, what happ- happened was everybody from Nazareth that would have been going would have traveled together because it was safer to, to travel together. Um, but when they would get ready to travel each day the women would start out first and the men would not start until hours later because the women traveled more slowly. Now ladies don't get men out of shape about that, okay? Because we know why the women were traveling slower. They had the kids. They had the goldfish in their purses. They had the juice boxes, the gum, the tissues, the wet ones. They had all that stuff and had to travel with those kids. And so they would start out, and then the men would come behind them, and then everybody would meet in camp at that that night, and they would uh, camp for the night, and then get up and, and start going the next day. So Joseph and Mary pack up everything, and they get ready to start home. They go an entire day of walking. And really, what has happened here, and I think it's happened to people in this church before, if I'm not mistaken, Mary thought Jesus was with Joseph, and Joseph thought Jesus was with Mary. Mary. And they didn't have cell phones, and they couldn't text each other and figure out where's Jesus. But they both thought Jesus was with the other person. And so they travel the whole day. They get to camp that night. They start to search for Jesus, and they cannot find him. There's no Jesus. They realize at some point, I mean, they go to all their family members. Is Jesus here? Is Jesus here? Is Jesus? Jesus?" And they're getting more and more frantic because they're not coming up with him Um, And they realize at some point they have left him back in Jerusalem and they they can't travel at night. So the only thing they can do is spend the night and get up the next morning, head back to Jerusalem to find their son. Now, I can't imagine, I honestly cannot imagine how they must have felt. I've lost sight of my kids in stores before, as probably most of you have, and it is terrifying Even just for a few seconds, it's terrifying to not know where your children are. And so to know that you've left them somewhere and not be able to do anything about it for an entire night, and then you've got to walk back an entire day, that would absolutely be terrifying. Parenting is scary sometimes, isn't it? It results in a lot of sleepless nights when they're little you know, they don't sleep, they need fed, they need change, they have their days and nights mixed up, sometimes for like four months, Tanner. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they're they sick, I mean, it's just constant, they need you in the night. Um, and then when they become teenagers, you still don't sleep, because you want to make sure they get home by curfew, and you know what, midnight doesn't seem like very late when when you're young, but when you're my age, midnight is like an eternity. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to make their curfew like 10, because I, I can't even hardly stay up till midnight anymore. So, midnight, you know, waiting for them to get home um, for uh, curfew, knowing that they're driving, knowing that they're with, out with their friends, and knowing that honestly, you might not know where they are because kids are sneaky. Um, I was sneaky when I was a teenager, and there were a few times my mom thought I was at places that that's not really where I was. Now, so that I didn't lie to her, I always at least went there and put my feet on the ground there so I could say I was there. Okay, but let's just face it. Kids are sneaky. You don't always know where your kids are, but you always worry. At least I did, and I still do, just trying to, you know, get them all home. And sometimes if I go to sleep before they're all home, I'll wake up in the night and I'll say to Jay, did everybody get home? And he's like, everybody's home. It's okay. You you know, they're just, parenting is scary at at times. Now this, I'm betting that Mary and Joseph did not sleep at all that night, that they had to wait until they could get up and travel. I'm betting that they were, just just beside themselves and this story ends well as we know they travel back to Jerusalem and they find Jesus safe and sound in the temple he's listening to the teachers he's asking questions they're impressed with him they're very taken with him with his knowledge you know he's astute he's knowledgeable he's kind of beyond his years and in, in what he knows And it's really something that any parent would look upon if that were their child, and they would be proud of their child. However, Mary and Joseph, you know, they approach the temple. They see all this. And while the rabbis were impressed with Jesus, Mary and Joseph could not get over their fear long enough and their relief to be very proud of him. They weren't really impressed with him at that moment. And his mother says, young man, why have you done this to us? I want to say that to my kids over and over and over. Why are you doing this to us? Kids don't realize sometimes what turmoil they can put parents in. You know, this was one of those, Mary says, we've been like half out of our minds looking for you. This is one of those times, how many of your parents have done this? You're in front of other people, you grab your kid by by the arm, and you get right in their face, and you talk through your teeth like this. When we get out of here, you are in trouble because you don't want to do it out in, you know, public. So you just kind of easily, you gently guide them out, but they know (laughs) the wrath is coming. I think this was one of those moments for Mary. Mary and Joseph were scared. They were concerned. They were angry when they found Jesus. They were happy. They were relieved. Um, Any other emotion you want to throw in there, that's what they were feeling. And parenting often causes those just frequent barrages of conflicting emotions that really have the ability to just take us out at the knees. And if your kids have ever been in any kind of traumatic situation, you know what I'm talking about. I still remember the night we got that phone call that that our daughter, Megan, had been in an accident. And all I knew, this is all we knew, was that she was alive and that she was able to tell them my phone number. That's all we knew. And we jumped in the car, and we, we could not get there fast enough. And I just remember thinking, praying, God, don't take her. Please don't take her. Please don't take her. I just said that over and over and over. But I knew in my heart that he had the right to take her because he gave her to us. And if he wanted to take her, then it was his right to do so, and he would get us through it. You know, we get there, and she's surrounded by paramedics, but she's standing up. And I'm thinking, okay, she's okay. She's standing up. They're picking glass out of her. But I'm just so happy and relieved to see her standing up, and I'm thinking she's okay. But uh, several minutes later, she's not really okay, and we're on our way to OSU trauma. And it just kept going like that for hours and hours and hours, and it's you're so happy that your kid is alive, but you're so fearful because you don't know what's ahead. And just seeing any kid and your, any of your children in pain or, or being having problems at school, being bullied, whatever it is, it is terrible as a parent. Parenting is tough sometimes. And there are things that will happen that will just completely undo us as parents it happens no matter how strong of a person you are it's going to happen and i think mary and joseph you know besides the fact that they had all those emotions they were also a little hurt and and i you know i do not i've thought about this for a long time i don't in any way think that jesus deliberately stayed back because jesus was without sin i don't think that he ever deliberately meant to hurt his parents I really think he just thought that they would know that he was in the temple and they thought he knows we're leaving today so he's going to be packing up and leaving with us. I think it was an honest thing. But in all of that, it hurt his parents a little bit. There will be times like that as a parent, as moms. There's, our kids are going to hurt and disappoint us. And that's not something that we like to think about and and half the time, I really, maybe even more than half the time, I don't think our kids intend to do it. It just happens. We love them so much that when they make decisions that uh, that when they don't really consider us in their decisions, and they make decisions that maybe aren't great for them, and you know, it it, it can hurt us. This passage is so important to the gospel because this is the day that Jesus realizes who he is. This is the day where he figures out, hey, I've got some kind of special, unique relationship with with God, with my heavenly Father. And he says that in, in the scripture. He says, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be here dealing with the things of my Father? Jesus was finding out who he was on this day. And his parents did not understand what he was talking about. They didn't get it. But you know, I've looked back as I've raised my own kids, as Jay and I have raised them, and they made decisions before that we didn't understand and that were a little bit hurtful to us. But our kids, as they grow, they're figuring out who they are. They're trying to find out. They're trying to blaze their own path in this life. They're trying to figure out who they are. They're not always going to make good decisions. They don't have a lot of life experience to lean on. And sometimes that's going to be bothersome to us as parents. But they all go through that. And it's just something that as parents, we kind of have to give them some room to grow and to do that, to find their own way. Um, You know, I... I have said to my own kids many times or to Jay, you know, we didn't raise them to be this way or they've made a bad choice. We didn't raise them to be that way. You know, how many of you said that? That's not how I raised you to be um, because they do something that's hurtful. You know, even Jesus, because of a decision that he made to stay in the temple, kind of hurt his parents. It's going to happen. Um, and we kind of just have to understand that our job as parents is not to be perfect. That's impossible. You know, I remember when that my kids were babies, and I just thought, oh, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do my best to be the best parent I can be. And uh, the wheels just fall off sometimes. Nobody is going to be perfect in parenting, and that's not our job. Our job as parents is to raise our kids the best that we can, to the best of our ability, by seeking the counsel of the one who created them, the one who knows what's best for them, the one who knows what lies ahead of them, and the one who holds their every breath in his hand. And I have learned over time that if I will go to God first, if I will continually lift my kids up to him, if I will continually ask him for guidance and wisdom. Uh, you know, Polly Green and I were having a discussion one time about how many nights we've laid awake and prayed for our children. Another sleepless night. But taking them to the Lord is never a bad use of time. It's, that's our job as Christian parents, is to seek God's counsel in raising them. And you know what? God equips us. He, if he gives us children, he equips us to be their parents. He guides us. He makes good when we fail, because I have failed as a parent many times, and I have just prayed, please, just make good out of that. Erase what I did and, and help my kids to move past it, make good somehow out of the way that I failed. He gives us strength when we need it, and we have to trust him to do that. He gave us our kids, and so we have to trust him to, to help us parent them. I'll tell you, parenting is not for the faint of heart. I have you know, gotten up many mornings and started days with my kids feeling like a warrior at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m., whatever it is. And by 8 15, I have been taken out by the wounds of parenting. I mean, Kendra gets it. She's shaking her head. She know you just don't know what a day holds. It is not for the faint of heart. So I just kind of want to leave you with this, and I hope um, that wherever you are in your parenting journey, whether your kids are little or whether they're older, um, that some of this will be helpful and encouraging to you. I've learned all this stuff the hard way. Um, But the first thing I want to say is be genuine. Be genuine in your home and be genuine outside of your home. Be honest about who you are as a parent and about who your kids are. It takes way too much energy to try to be someone you're not and to try to force your kids into being people that they're not. Be genuine and accept who your kids and you are. Be realistic. Listen, while we're proud of our kids for a lot of different reasons, there's going to be disappointments. That's just going to happen. And it's not necessarily a failure on our part as parents. It's just life. It's the way that it is. And be honest. When you're struggling as a parent, when you need help, when you need advice, when you don't know what to do, seek wise counsel. I have gone to my Uncle Merrill and Aunt Brenda several times to get, and I remember Uncle Merrill saying to me when Tanner was really little spank him every day for two weeks now, or deal with this until he's 18. I think we fell somewhere in between, Tanner, didn't we? Um, but people in my life have helped me along the way. My parents have been a, a huge help. Jay's parents have been. Many of you have helped us in our parenting of raising our kids. And so seek wise counsel when you need to. It's okay to not know the answers to everything when you're, when you're in the midst of parenting. Then be forgiving, Be forgiving of both yourself when you mess up as a parent and ask for forgiveness. I've had to ask my children to forgive me several times. So be forgiving, ask for forgiveness when it's needed, and forgive your kids when they mess up. It doesn't do anybody any good to just keep holding things against each other. Just forgive and and move on. And be supportive. Be supportive of other parents even when they choose to parent their kids differently. Sometimes I think that when we're in church together and we're all believers and we follow Jesus, we think, you know, parenting is going to look very similar amongst us. And it isn't always. Our kids come with their own personalities. Our families all have their own sets of circumstances, even within problems. Like there have been things, decisions that Jay and I have made when we were dealing with Tanner, that maybe the same thing happened later with Megan, that we, we made a different decision because there were different circumstances. And so um, be supportive of each other, and moms especially, be supportive of one another because parenting is hard, and we need each other. Moms need each other. And then I hope that this really is what you leave with today, especially moms, be joyful. Um, you know, moms get sucked into a lot of guilt. There are a lot of you mothers out there that could be presented with the crown today that said Queen of Guilt, and you could wear that thing loud and proud. Guilt is not helpful beyond just recognizing that maybe you made a mistake and maybe you need to ask for forgiveness and make restitution. But once those things are done, let it go. Do not stay trapped in guilt. And and this is especially difficult for moms, for women, I think. You know, hindsight is 20-20. Next time, maybe you'll do it differently. But don't stay wallowing in guilt. Move on and enjoy your children because they truly are gifts from God. Enjoy them at every stage of their life. Enjoy them because... They really do leave your home at some point. And you will be so grateful when they come back home for just a short visit. So enjoy your children at every stage. Don't waste it. Trapped in guilt. Be joyful. And when you really get down, when you really are having a hard time, a struggle as a parent, just remember this. At least you never left your kid in Jerusalem for over 24 hours. There's always somebody that's made a bigger mistake. And with that, I just want to say happy Mother's Day. Moms, I hope you get to take a nap today and eat some cake. All right, let me pray for you. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for our mothers. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless them today. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them. I pray that you would help them to know that it's okay that they don't have all the answers. Lord, and I pray that um, you would hear their hearts when they are crying out to you and asking for guidance and asking for protection over their children and, and asking for wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would give it. And I pray, Jesus, that you'll guide all of our children and that you will help our children to see that we love them no matter what. They are gifts to us. And Lord, I just pray that our fellowship with one another today would be very sweet. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.